Oh, now we're live. All right, there we go. Hey everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve. This is 60 Cycle Home, the guitar buying, selling, training, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing, Christmasing podcast. Merry holiday season, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that time of year again. Here we are doing a podcast uh, the week before Christmas that will air a few days before Christmas. This first well, ad... technically it's airing right now on the YouTube. I know, but you know, on our podcast feed, this first ad was sent by Michael Krauss. It is for this very Viking-ish guitar... Yep. Being sold by Goodwill, right? Yeah, the description is pretty minimal. Notable wear across the instrument due to use or transport. Probably transport. <laughs> the scroll cutaway is scraped. There is no cover for the volume and tone control on the back. Dust, scratches, scuffs, debris, and residues. Not just re- debris, Ryan, but debris <laughs> and residues. Multiple residues. Other issues may exist that were missed during the inspection. Custom made. Oh, this is custom made. Six mm. string. Electric guitar with dragon horn cutaway made by an unknown maker. It's definitely not a first act guitar. No, not in any uh, way at all. Why did you describe this as a Viking long guitar? Because it's got that Viking uh, long ship dragon thing on oh, the front. Oh, long ship. Yeah, get okay. it? I was get thinking, it? Because you always refer to bass as long guitar. Oh. I was like, this is not a bass, sir. It's not a bass. It it's is. Not- it's not a bass. I didn't notice it until after I put the episode uh, stuff together. All the guitars in this episode are one pickup guitars. What's going on on the headstock? I can't read it. Are you talking about the head or the headstock? The headstock. <laughs> it seems to be written in some kind of rune. Oops, went too far. Oh, spoilers. There it is. Uh, N-K-R... F-M-M-O. Yeah. It, you probably just summoned Cthulhu. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Cthulhu. <laughs> it was very Viking-ish. That's definitely like Viking rune writing. Yeah. Um, my, I mean, obviously this is a home done modification uh-huh. of first act parts, first act neck, first act pickup, first act hardware, and then some sort of custom cut body. Yeah. Uh, my main thinking on this was going down a bit of, you know, the memory lane with myself. When I was younger, even like a young like college guy, mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. I thought it was, you know, it was kind of entertaining to think about myself as being, you know, related to Vikings or something like that. My family comes from northern europe for the most part i'm tall i'm blonde i'm i'm built like a classical viking and then it turned out that like all these racists are co-oping like <laughs> like viking imagery and all that sort of stuff and it just like ruined it for me but i like this because it's so fun and so silly that like no one would ever look at this guitar and be like oh that guy's like doing a viking thing he probably thinks he's like in a superior race <laughs> Nothing about this says anything, like even suggests any sort of genetic superiority over anyone. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Uh huh. Move straight to the the opinion portion of the show. Yeah, get on it, man. I really like this. <laughs> it's 
not bad, right? The fact that the dragon head is painted or a sea serpent or whatever is painted on both sides is like a next level. It's fun thing because I feel like most guitars that do like some kind of weird shape thing, they only carve out right. the front and the back is just bare wood. It doesn't have like the detail on the front and the back. And the fact that this is detailed on the front and the back adds, you know, I don't know, is this tr- sea serpent dragon thing like is it stoned? And also like, like what's the, going on? The eye of the the sea serpent on the back side of it is looking up where you would be. So it's like <laughs> it's staring at it's you while watching you're, you while you're playing and its tongue is out and it's like ugh. I kind of like know. this white stripe that goes down the middle of the back. It's dumb, and I don't understand why it's there, <laughs> but I like it. It's probably tape holding the body together. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's we- that stripe is weird. We don't know what this sold for, uh, but that's okay. We don't need. No, to no, we do. It, we it's, do? it sold for like one sixty one. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, that was the I winning bid. I wouldn't pay that much for. I would pay like. 60 i was thinking 50 if i saw this in a pawn shop for 50 bucks i'd be like yeah okay let's have some fun a guy speaking no never mind i'll talk about about. (laughs) none about none of those things you just said were words steve okay (laughs) as jason welch just said in a world where bc rich exists this is just fine (laughs) yeah this is fine (laughs) david 665 says one dollar and sixty one cents. Is that your one sixty one? This guitar makes the baby Thor cry. <laughs> <laughs> Needs more techno Viking. Remember techno Viking? No, what's techno Viking? Is this is this ancient uh, YouTube internet video meme of this guy who is like a bouncer or something in a techno club, mm. and the video is him expelling some ruffian from the club. And then this dude who looks like a Viking, uh, but in like rave attire, like walks down the street with like literally like an army of people behind him, probably like a hundred people behind him as he starts to rave dance down the street in the middle of the day. And it's just this incredible video. I don't, I don't think I've seen this. Techno Viking. Go look it up. But yeah, I I can't even think of like an appropriate band usage for this like i, I can't feel, even imagine the the novelty band i would have to put together i feel like this is the band for like i don't know this guitar makes me think of um if, like for some reason i'm just gonna say this mm-hmm. jethro toll okay i don't really know that much about jethro toll except there was a flute right there's a it flute. does seem like this would go along with the flute and somehow yeah this seems like it you would have a guy playing a flute in your band and another guy playing this thing i bet that that dragon could play the flute did you ever uh did you ever watch the show f is for family i think i watched like two episodes and like, that, that was done it's basically bill burr right it's bill burr being a 70s version of bill burr right right <laughs> um making, and making jokes about things being weak wicked smart yeah wicked dumb I don't um know. And uh, and basically, uh, his kid is in the um, uh, is in a wizard rock band. Okay, you know, like basically like Zeppelin. Right. Are you right? sure you're not talking about Bob's Burgers? Because that sounds like something oh Gene would do. No, this is because it's like super metal. Like it's in the seventies. Ah. It's the show set in the seventies where like you know Led Zeppelin. Half their songs were 
Half their songs were a whole lot of love, and the other half of their songs were odes, odes to Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> right, right. Uh, this is the guitar you need for your Zeppelin. Like, oh, Zeppelin. Zeppelin is a uh, soft, soft sci-fi. You know, this is this is if Zeppelin is the uh, the Star Wars of sci-fi, this is the guitar you need for your Star Trek, your hard-fi. Mm. When you're ready to go all in on Wizard Rock, right, right. This. This guitar. David665 just said, this guitar is probably a work of Loki. It's probably some disguised alien super weapon. I'm down with that. Yeah, I'm down with that, too. All right. What's new, man? What's new? How's life treating you? Is, um, life is all right. Uh, we forgot to talk about this last time, but that's okay. Uh-huh. Because we're going to talk about it now. We got... This book, oh, Pedal yeah. Crush, sent to us. I was really excited about this. You never even opened it. I never opened it. <laughs> but Pedal Crush, I, this is... I a, don't know if you know this about me, Steve, but I'm not a big reader. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I realized how big a 370 book about pedals is. It's a beast. Um, but this was written by Kim Bjorn, who is a like synth dude. Uh, who does? Yeah, you hold that there. I'll I hold know. the book. I'm going to crack it. Um, and Scott Harper, who's Knobs. Oh now you gosh. know who Knobs is. Look at all the words in this thing. There are some pictures. Don't worry. There are some pictures. And uh, it's not like a pedal history book. It's not like a here's a list of all the pedals. It's like here's a bunch of different ways that you can get reverb. Like here's a bunch of examples of reverb effects. Right. It's kind of like a and, pedal history book. Yeah. And like here's uh, glitchy delays and, you know, granular loopers and all this stuff and it was published uh most I, well it's published i think in late 2019 i want to say i should just Look go through this pictures man and just circle all the ones i've owned oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> or still own you know this thing's super cool yeah um, this is neat and i feel like i wish we would have talked about it the last time we got together because um, it feels a little late for it to be a Christmas gift now. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it's probably not. Today is the 17th. It'll be, the, I guess, the 21st when this actually goes. Do what uh, I'm going to have to do with a couple gifts this year because they're not going to arrive in time. Uh, print out a picture of the book and put it in a box and say, it, it'll show up. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's on its way. <laughs> this is, I feel like, you know, this is a, a on the higher side for books, but I feel like, how much are they? They're 70 bucks. Oh, for a book? But I almost feel like... You could buy a pedal for that much money. Yeah, but like it's a pedal that sucks, probably. <laughs> this book isn't going to suck. I could recommend a few affordable board pedals. I, bet, I wonder if there's any affordable board pedals in here. Probably we'll not. Later. Probably not. So what's new with you, man? I got a vasectomy. <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah. And it sucks. I'll, I'll be happy when I get past. Oh, Jeff Maslin. That's right. Uh, the link for the book, I believe, is uh, pedalcrushbook.com, I think, is the website. We'll put an official link. We'll put a link in the notes. At some point. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I talked about getting a vasectomy like almost a full year ago. I finally got around to doing it. Um, man, I've been laid up for a week. It wrecks your life. Like The, the procedure itself. Mm-hmm. Not, and I know you're probably, you're queued up to do it soon. Too, well, Steve I'm not Rudd. queued yet, but I've, I I started that conversation. Okay, uh, the procedure is it's like light dentistry, like it's it's no sweat. You're, right, you're going to do the procedure just fine. The recovery though is a living nightmare. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is not comfortable 
to say the least. And there are colors going on in my pants that I've never seen on my body before. So, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that day when uh, I am, you know, fully sterile. <laughs> Which is a funny thing to look forward to. And I will be so pissed off if the COVID vaccine makes everyone sterile. And I could have just waited. <laughs> Because this is very uncomfortable and yeah, not, you're not pleasant. You're not on a pillow or anything. I know. Though. Well, it's like it doesn't – it wouldn't make any difference. I'm just uncomfortable all day, every oh, day. okay. Yeah. And that's different than your normal life because you usually seem pretty uncomfortable. I'm usually day, pretty uncomfortable, day. but it's not usually, uh, you know, like emanating from my genitals. Like mm. my genitals usually feel all right. Gotcha. Not Not great, but all right. <laughs> 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 but lately, man – Ooh, man, if I woke up if I woke up and looked at my crotch and didn't know what was going on, I would be like calling the ambulance oh gosh. to take me to the hospital right away. All right, here's the question I have. Mm-hmm. Not to throw back to an old sponsor. <laughs> okay. Not to not yes. to throw back to an old sponsor. Yes, yes, lay it on me, man. I've heard now from two different sources that you have to shave your balls. You have to shave your balls. Yeah. Did you like razor, like razor slick your balls? It said on the internet, no buzzers. It said you have to shave, shave. Gotta be. What I will say is that I shaved more than I needed to. Uh, When it comes time for you, Steve, let me know and I'll draw draw you up a diagram of what you you actually need to shave. Because the instructions online were very vague. And then once I saw what they actually needed to do... I was like, yeah, I didn't need to shave so much. And now I've got stubble all over my junk. Right, right. <laughs> and that is honestly probably a third of the hell that I'm going through is the is the regret. The, 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 the scratchiness that drives you just insane on top of the pain and the aching and the discoloration. And stuff See, like I that. just figured you probably only need to like – Shave like a half inch by half inch square in the right spot, and then you're yeah. You just you just need to have it trimmed up where hair could make contact with where they're going to do the procedure. Um, I guess I didn't fully know exactly where they would be making the incisions, right? But I mean, generally you can you can leave yourself a skunk stripe. I'll say that. It's it's on the sides. You don't need to worry about the middle. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, someone else was telling me that they didn't shave and the doctor shaved for them. And that part was terrifying because the doctors just like did it impatiently. It was just like, ah, oh, here we go. And that was like super scary. Should have gone to a barber. I know. Right. Can you imagine a barber shaving your balls with one of those <laughs> one of those Sweeney Todd knives? Yeah. Ah, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. I was freaked out enough doing it myself in the shower. Also, like when you shave, it it is shocking how long it takes. It is shocking how long it takes to shave your balls. Why isn't this episode brought to you by Manscaped? <laughs> we should have gotten money from them for this. I didn't. Well, wear, you didn't use the thing anyway. So. I did. You, I did wear my Manscaped shorts. To, did you really? To and from because you need. You're supposed to wear tight. Uh, underwear shorts or a jock strap to hold it all together because if it's flopping around then it hurts a lot more. So I did oh. I did wear the lycra shorts that they uh, they sent, and uh, I'm assuming it helped. I don't know the real the real nightmare didn't start till like the next day. Like the right. first day I was like, oh, <laughs> this is fine. That's I'm what fine. I hear. That's yeah. what I hear. And then next day I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. <laughs> and then it's just been this slow burn of discomfort and uh, psychological agony. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, nobody is making this sound like a thing I actually want to do. Well, the the plus the 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 high point, Steve, is that eventually you are sterile and you will be able to have unprotected sex. Yeah, and what I've heard is. It's like six months, but I figure at the rate that I go about things, it should be about like six weeks. Oh my gosh, Steve. The doctor, the doctor told me three months and it depends on like, if it goes longer than that is because you, you, you didn't make it work enough times. <laughs> it's a, it's the opposite of if, if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. If you don't use it. It just stays there. It just stays there. It's just like, you have to out. use it to lose it. Right. It's the way it works. Right. All right. Or do we do a sponsor now? Do we do a topic? I don't even know what's next. We've been uh, we do about, have a topic. Speaking of, we've been talking about my balls for so long. Can I spell vasectomy? Yes, I can. I can spell. It. <laughs> Speaking of vasectomies, uh, this next uh, this episode is brought to you by Chase Plasadio. Oh, yeah. Why does that know. have anything to do with vasectomies? It doesn't. Chase Plasadio's makers of the preamp Mark II, also of that uh, nineteen seventy eight. DLX or DXM? No, it's CXM. CXM. It's, you know why it's CXM, right? It's for a historic reverb no, unit No, it's thing. Chase Oh, X Chase Maris. Maris. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, dude. Don't don't you know anything? I don't know anything, guys. About how collabs work. We get to the end of the. I get to the end of the day, and my mind is just fried. So you guys are lucky I'm able to put on a show at all. <laughs> So, yeah, go check this thing out. This is the wildest drive preamp boost tremolo wah pedal on the planet. Mechanical robotic sliders that move with presets when it's moved in. It'll shock you. It'll amaze your friends and family. It's shocking. Yeah, same thing with the reverb. The sliders move all around. I filmed a video today that will either go up tomorrow or Saturday where I use a bunch of Chase Bliss pedals. Mm-hmm. Um, not this one, but a bunch of other ones against the uh, the the Line Six HX Stomp. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think you guys are really going to like it. So go check that out. Oh, I forgot to put up the little sponsorship thing. How dare you, sir? Here, let me let me find that. There, Chase Bliss. There's the logo. Now we're officially sponsored. <laughs> so go check. Oh, I can't talk. Go check out Chase Bliss Audio. Dot com for pedals more creative than you are for pedals better looking than you are well that's pe- easy for pedals that are more fertile than I am <laughs> Chase Bliss Audio well in three months yeah in three months mu- I'm fully fertile right now at yeah. this moment but that number is going down every day that's all I gotta say <laughs> wow <laughs> this is a dirty episode okay i wrote the big e <laughs> sometimes i feel like we should just change our uh pod bean to just all episodes being explicit so you know I, what so i don't have to think about you know that what anymore. this show's not for kids we're not like steve terryberry where he makes content for children yeah. and then turns around and sells dildos we are never for children yeah if your child listening to this I mean, he sound pretty cool. Honestly, (laughs) he sound like a cool kid. Uh, uh, But this content is not for you. This show is not for kids. Shout out to all those cool babies out there. Something like that. Eric Filsinger just asked, is Steve or Ryan here? No. What do you think you're watching, dude? (laughs) This was live, baby. Uh, Topic? Topic. This uh, this got suggested by a bunch of people. In different ways. People were just asking us to talk about Christmas music. Yeah. So do you want to do... We're going to go over a couple lists. You really going to do 60? I'm not going to read 60. We found... I found the best... 
songs of Christmas list, and yeah. Steve found the worst songs of Christmas Ryan's list. Ryan's list is according to Good Housekeeping. My <laughs> list is according to Esquire. I'm hoping for crossover. I really am. That's what I'm saying. I feel like you should just jump to the top 20 and we'll just read them. Sure, sure. Uh, top 20, White Christmas, Bing Crosby. Second one, I'll Be Home for Christmas, also Bing Crosby. All these are going to come from kind of mid-century, 1940s yeah. to 1960s is my I'm guess. I'm trying to see if there's anything. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, 1944, Judy Garland. Uh, the Christmas song, which I didn't recognize the name of, but it's the Chestnut Song by Nat yeah. King Cole. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Uh, Frosty, Frosty the Snowman, Gene Autry. All these are yeah, from these the are 40s. all throwback. Let it snow, let it snow, let it's it snow. It's because you got a list for, like, Frank Karen. Sinatra. Uh, Karen's list. Santa Baby, we've broken into the 50s. <laughs> song by Eartha Kitt. Santa Baby is also on the number on the list at number four worst song, but it's the <laughs> pussycat, pussycat doll version. <laughs> Blue Christmas by Elvis Presley. And we're getting into the late 50s now. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. I feel like once you start to introduce the the Christmas rock songs, it's like, okay, Christmas has jumped the shark. <laughs> Sleigh Ride by Johnny, Johnny Mayfiths. Uh, Jingle Bells, 1960, Ella Fitzgerald. I mean, all these are classics. I mean, yeah. I, I think all these are like the ones where, I think it's because they're, let's call them first wave Christmas songs. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> I this think all the first sucks. wave Christmas songs, you, you can't really argue with them too much. Is there anything on this list that is like... Like we Interesting. Hate. Right. A Holly Jolly Christmas. I like that one. Uh, Winter Wonderland. Merry Christmas Baby uh, from Otis Redding. That one's great. Christmas Time is Here Again. I'm not sure if I It's getting into like Motown stuff. Feliz Navidad. That is a Cold Stone classic. This thing's jumping around on me. Uh, Jose Fel- I don't. Need- I don't know how to read his last name. Uh, Jose Feliciano. But he's a Puerto Rican that recorded that song. Okay. Yeah. I love Feliz Navidad. That is a great Christmas song. I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus from 1970. I think that's one where I'm like, uh, I don't on. really ever need to hear that, that one, one again. That one might have been on both lists. It better be. Yeah. Jackson 5, number three worst Christmas Whoa. song. I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Surprisingly, Santa Baby isn't the only entry in the v- venerable old Horny for Santa Cannon. Because that's 19 on the list out of 60. Of the best. Of the best. But number three of the worst. Uh, this is another one that's been recorded many times over the year, but the idea of five-year-old Michael Jackson singing this one only heightens the weirdness level. <laughs> There's nothing that says Christmas quite like the thought of a voyeuristic child watching his father get cuckolded by a man who snuck into your house in the middle of the night. <laughs> It's pretty cringy. I do not like that song at all. <laughs> this Christmas is number 20. I'll stop there. Um, by Donnie Hathaway. I don't know that song. Um, I'm surprised. And maybe it's later on that list. The The worst song list is a lot of songs. That- okay. This list is bunk. Number 23, Wonderful Christmas Time by... By, uh, Paul, McCartney. by Paul McCartney. Screw that song. The number one worst song I is never want to hear. Paul McCartney and Wings, Wonderful Christmas Time. This is the Beatles of terrible Christmas songs. It's a love song between a middle-aged man and the new Casio keyboard he got in his stocking. <laughs> the song whose awesome black hole of musicality is almost powerful enough 
to suck the life out of everything McCartney did before. Have you seen the meme? There is no cheer in that song. There is no like holiday feeling. Have in that you song. seen the meme that this song is actually people like people so, like, practicing witchcraft? Yeah, they're practicing yeah. witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. The moon is out. Did. We're just having a wonderful Christmas time, guys. Simply it's just a having a wonderful Christmas time. Like that freaking melody hook line right there sucks. It hurts to listen to. I don't want to hear that song ever again for the rest of my life. Yeah. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. This, this and worst, over and over this and over and over list, and over again. This worst list has some nightmares on it. Number 20, Pentatonics, That's Christmas to Me. Anything by Pentatonics is already the worst Christmas song. Number 19 was John Denver, Please Daddy, Don't Get Drunk on Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to say I think that one's a lot better than uh, some of the bad ones. Bon Jovi, Backdoor Santa. What? <laughs> bon Jovi, no. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, Christina Aguilera's Oh Holy Night. I'm assuming it's because it's just like so. Yeah, you know that one house on the block covered in every inch from foundation to chimney and garish glowing lights with the animatronic Santa reindeer on the roof. This song is less subtle. Uh, the pogs, than that. the pogs are at thirty. They got to be way up Which the list. What song is that? Fairy Tale of New York. I've, I always hear that song reference, and I don't. I'm sure I've heard it, but I don't know. Fairy Tale of New York is the Die Hard is a Christmas movie of Christmas songs. Oh, okay. Number sixteen is the Maroon Five cover of Happy Christmas. War I feel is like over. picking anything that is like oh, like a modern pop group covered. An older song is just shooting fish in the barrel. Like the list has to be yeah. the song of any version. Like nope. here, new song, the Christmas shoes <sighs> is on this list. Oh, what a terrible yeah. song. <laughs> Thanks for the shoes. Sorry. You're dead. Oh God. Mm, all right. Like if I want to listen, Christmas isn't for everyone. Not everyone loves Christmas. I do love Christmas. Iggy Pop's White Christmas is on here. If you know what was missing from I your, hear, you know what was freaking missing from your list, man. What? Speaking of Iggy Pop White Christmas, what was missing from your list is uh, Bing and Bowie, freaking oh, little yeah. drummer boy. That's number one. There you go. That is number one. Bing and Bowie. But uh, if I if I want to listen to Christmas Christmas music that I'm really yeah. going to enjoy, I want it to have. You know, this classic charm to it. I don't want to hear a pop song cover of it. And I don't want it to be a depressing or like gritty, like grind my nerves down song. You how, know? Do you, how do you feel about Bruce Springsteen's Santa Claus is coming to town? Uh, I'd rather not listen to it. <laughs> how about the she and him version of baby? It's cold outside. <laughs> I don't want to listen. That's, you know what? I agree with, all the PC police that want to cancel that song. Cause I don't like that song just in general. I don't like the vibe right. of it. I don't want to hear it. I don't like the story of it. And it's not me like being picky about, you know, what it could be interpreted as now. Like, I just don't like that song and I don't miss it at all. I don't care. The radio stations can play, uh, what apps I, I, pussy I like, all there's, day long. There's a version. I don't care. Just don't play baby. It's cold outside. There's a version of this song. There's another song that's missing from your list because Evil Earl uh, just said in the ghetto. I don't know what he's referring to, but what's missing from your list is Run DMC, Christmas and Hollis. Mm. That should be on there. Uh, wasn't there a couple James Brown Christmas songs? 
I mean, I'm sure there was more than a couple. And there, but- I, I think there was one that was pretty like sad and depressing, but I'd still rather listen to that than most of the other <laughs> sad and depressing Christmas songs. Um, number eight. Then this is the problem. No, with we had the a song songless. called like Santa Go Straight to the Ghetto or something like that. Oh, I need to look that up. I love James Brown. Um, Tiny Tim. The song is called, and of course it's Tiny Tim. And this is on the worst list. Worst list. Santa Claus has got the AIDS. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I love you, Tiny Tim. Eric Filsinger, <laughs> Eric Filsinger in the chat has mentioned it a couple times, but uh, Band-Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas? Oh, that's the worst song. Uh, is on here. That's an awful um, song. Like, which, listen, Really go listen to that song and think about it and be like, this song is awful. This is on here. Um, I've never thought about it. It's about it, starving kids in Africa. But here's the problem is it's, it is about starving kids in Africa. Um, it's Band-Aid. Uh, the starving kids in Africa were, were in Ethiopia, I guess, according to this article. Ethiopia is probably one of, if not the oldest Christian nation in terms of countries where the you know the majority religion is yeah, Christianity. They know it's Christmas. On the planet. Yeah. Historically Christian Ethi- for a super long Ethiopia time. Ethiopia is like one of the of like a handful of modern nations that are like positively identified in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a horribly written, like shockingly insensitive song that isn't even fun to listen to. So screw that song. I don't want it to exist. Number two on this list is Lady Gaga Christmas Tree. I don't know this song, but the comment on it is, hear me out. What if we jammed as many iconic Christmas melodies as possible into one bloodless slog of an undanceable dance track in which Lady Gaga alludes to her vagina as a delicious Christmas tree? I clicked the wrong thing. I wonder if Ryan actually reads this chat or not. There it is. I read it. He's oh, it. so there's a song where Lady Gaga talks about her vagina being a Christmas tree? Yeah. Mm, okay. It's piney. Piney. <laughs> Sappy. Sticky. <laughs> Wrapped in tinsel, maybe? It's a tap. It's a tree. The tree is tapped? No, it's a tap. She's got a tap. It's a tree-ass pussy. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. This is an awful episode that we're doing here. Can you believe people sponsor Merry this? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Why aren't we drinking eggnog? I'm just drinking this I don't know. lame water. So you is that the whole list? That's the whole. Well, number one was Paul McCartney, Wonderful Christmas Time. The, that's, number, one, the tw- number one worst Christmas song. That's the correct list if that's the number one worst song. And that made it onto the best list, too. I don't know what's going on, but Google is making me fill out CAPTCHAs every time I do a search. Well, something. they think you're trying to hack. Yeah, I guess. They think you're a robot, Steve. Are you a robot? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Steve might be a robot for Christmas. Uh, Robert McDowell. Other best Christmas songs of a bygone era, and maybe not anymore, is uh, um, Blink-182's I Won't Be Home for Christmas. I don't want to hear that. Oh, that's great. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. What do we go to next? Did we do it? I think we nailed that topic. I, I guess ad? if we nailed it, the next ad is from Tim Corn 
Field. I like how you wrote this out as a full name. This is a Dr. K Bubble Medium 2018 Green. Uh, another tiny monster by Dr. K, Okume Body. Maple neck with bake maple fretboard, 22 and a half sca- inch scale, Artec mini humbucker. This is, I really like it. I like it a lot. What I don't like about it? I want it to be a bass. It would be a really cool long guitar. I was like pretty disappointed when I realized that I think this is a tenor guitar. Yeah, it's a little like a, like a cigar box tenor style concept. Yeah. I just love that wacky body. The aesthetics are on point. I love the bright pink knob on the neon snot green body. I love the single pickup, the the Firebird uh, kind of solid covered humbucker. This looks like a lot of fun. This guitar looks like a yeah. real blast. There's a whole bunch of these. Apparently, and it's, they're uh, not expensive either. I mean, it's yeah. only 360 bucks plus shipping, 50 bucks shipping. Right. I mean, you could get yourself a pretty fun... And pretty normal Squire. Kevin Hernandez wants to know why the fretboard is so long. The fretboard's so long so you can get those fretless notes up high. Yeah, get those slidey, slippery notes. No, I think they just, you're not going to play up there, so why even bother? (laughs) I think it's a really cool look. I probably personally wouldn't pay, you know, over 400 bucks for this thing. After, After shipping, that's what you're in? You could negotiate. But if I saw this local for like 200 and it played fun, I'd probably go home with it. Like if I saw it in a shop or something like that, it's just good, wacky fun. Yeah. I like and I want to see my kids playing this. Like if my kids learn to play guitar, like I want to watch them play this guitar. So good work, whoever you are that made this. Oh, I thought whoever sent that. I like how the <laughs> backdrop of the ad is the same color of the backdrop for the show. I know, right? Maybe that's why I Stealth. liked it so much. Yeah, it's all sneaky, sneaky. But I kind of like I kind of like this just in general. I I think it'd be fun to make one of these cigar box guitars and like just go wild with the body shape and and have it be anything. Yeah, because it can just be anything. And the hardware exists now. Those little you know four saddle bridges exist. Mm-hmm. You can throw any pickup under there. This is fun. This is really fun. We have nothing else to say about it, right? Yeah, I, I mean, there's not a lot about it, and I, I don't, I can't make fun of it. Yeah, it's there's cool. nothing to make fun like of. It. It's, you know, it's, it's fully unconventional, fully weird, fully like quirky and cartoony, but it knows that it's. I mean, there's some pretty. I guess, itself. like, if I when I look at the headstock, there's some pretty hard angles there particularly with the lowest string. But, I mean, I guess that's that's just an observation. That's just the way those little tiny headstocks go, man. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like most of this has to be made, right? Yeah. Like this one, it, you got to make this. Maybe it's made like crap. I don't know. It's a cigar box guitar. How, how awful could it be? Like, it's, ne- it's not going to be amazing, but it's not right. going to be awful. Also, like, would you play a bass? That was built out like this. Uh, I would try. Would you church it? That should have been my what's new. I'll talk about it in a minute. <laughs> so yes or no, would you church this this as a bass? I think I would at least try. I'd church it as a guitar. I might church it as it is. I'd show up to church yeah. with this. No problem. <laughs> so Yeah. Cool ad, guys. Thanks for sending a cool ad. 
Uh, sponsor. Sponsor. This Let me pull up the brand uh, thing. Next sponsor is Big, Big Ear, Ear Pedals. Pedals. Makers of the Albi, a curated multi-effect. There's no sub-menus or computer things, no USB plug to plug into. It does not interface with your computer. It is simply eight presets with a blend knob. Mm-hmm. And then you hold down the foot switch, you enter into super ultra mega kneel mode, and it extends out that effect. It maxes out certain settings of the curated multi-effect to give you some options while you're playing. You want that delay to ring out forever. You want that reverb to go full saturation on you. You want the chorus to go full saturation. That might happen when you go to super ultra mega kneel mode yeah. and you hold down the foot it's switch. It's super cool. It's a super cool pedal if you want... You know, kind of chorusy, modulated, reverb, spacey, delay, uh, new wave sounds on the mm. fly. There you go. The Albi, man. The Albi gets you there. So huge thanks to Big Ear Pedals for once again sponsoring the content that you know and love. Here in the holiday season, uh, say thank you to them by buying your loved ones, and yourself included. You love yourself, right? Buying your loved ones an Albi or some other Big Ear Pedal for Christmas. Uh, album review? Yeah, man, we're flying. Yeah, well, we're 40 we're minutes into this. It feels like this. we're going quick, but this is we're on time. Cake! Steve chose Fashion Nugget, which is wild because I am a longtime huge mega fan lover of cake. Yeah, cake is delicious. What? Cake is delicious. I'm curious to know. Like, I just gave my review. I I, I love everything cake. They're, Let's get these comments back up here. One of the few bands that I sincerely feel like there's not a bad song. Like, I don't feel like there's any cake songs where I'm like, ugh, I'd rather not listen to it. I want to listen to That's all fair. cake songs. Okay. Yeah. So what did you think about so, this I, album, Steve? Uh, you know. I'm bracing for it. I know, oh. right? Please don't, uh, please don't diss the band I love, Steve. There, you know. So one thing, the I, I start this album, pull this album up, start playing. This was their second album, I think. Yep, Motorcade of Generosity yep. was the first. Um, and uh, the first thought that I had as soon as I started pl- listening to this was, oh, Frank Sinatra. I forgot about this song. <laughs> um. But I actually really, that's probably my favorite song on the album, to be honest. It's one of my favorite mm. songs on this album. I like this album. Um, you know, I think uh, one thing I didn't realize is that basically uh, I didn't realize that like this song or Frank Sinatra, The Distance and I Will Survive were all on this album. I think I maybe knew that at mm. one time and then forgot because The Distance is one of these songs that it feels like it comes out every year. Yeah. Like, every year it feels like a new song. <laughs> Um, the distance, my, my early memory of that song is being obsessed when it, with it, when it came out and sitting in my bedroom, listening to the radio, praying that it would come on the radio so I could tape it. Yeah. So I could listen to it at will because you were, you know, you were at the mercy of the radio DJs to hear the songs that you wanted to hear in the nineties. And I would just sit there waiting and waiting for that song to come. And I would get like a good recording of it, but it would have the DJ talking over the <laughs> beginning of it. And I'm like, oh, damn, I got to keep trying and trying and trying to get a good copy of this song. How does the DJ talk over the beginning of the song? Because the beginning of the song is the singer sing- like talking. Well, no, they would do like radio station bumps that would bleed over things and stuff. And they would still do it over everything. <sighs> it was awful. It was awful. 
Uh, years later, uh, our local alter- alternative stations they got, don't do it anymore. They, they, they got in it. this pissing contest. Like, oh, we don't talk over songs because we love the music so much. Like, yes, you talk over songs for decades because it makes you money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I've heard this. I'm sure I've listened to this album with you before. Sure, on like a you know carpooling to a show. Oh yeah. I would, I would play this album for anyone that would um, listen when I would drive people places. So, you know, I've listened to this. The one thing I will say that sounds like is a thing you love about cake that, uh, I just observed about cake is as soon as I am set to autoplay. And as soon as, um, on my, on my playlist, as soon as fashion nugget ended, uh, prolonging the magic started and I didn't realize I was on another album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're pretty consistent in their sound yeah. and their and their songs. They could really just all be one album. <laughs> it's a it's a lot of fun. I think I got to be in like the right space. Yeah, so let's do it. But I'm I can't actually, like listen to it and be like, oh god, this is awful. I'm actually a big fan of Motorcade of Generosity, which is the first album because it is a little bit more gritty mm. and a little bit more like an EP style recording. I couldn't believe how high quality. Uh, the the studio production was on Fashion Nugget. When right. I was re-listening today, I was like, man, this has got really good production to it. Like, it sounds really clear and really hi-fi for a 90s alt-rock album when, like, you go back and listen to a lot of albums that came out in the 90s and there was this really kind of, like, dark, musty sound to a right. lot of albums. Um, also, another thought I had, mm-hmm. why is Cake different than smash mouth like smash mouth is kind of a loathed band now in a lot of ways but it's you know it's the same kind of like upbeat kind of quirky edge of punk alt rock sort of vibe um i but like for some reason like you could have in in the year that this album came out and uh Smash Mouth song um, "Blister on the Sun" came out. I'm pretty sure it was the same year. Like you could have walking told, on the sun. Walking Blister on the sun, on the sun is uh, violent films. Violent films. Um, you could have told me like, oh, these two bands will have the same trajectory, and I've been like, oh yeah, I believe that because it's kind of similar vibe. Mm-hmm. But then Cake has kept pretty much their same thing going on, um, debatably with less commercial success than Smash Mouth, but with more critical success than Smash Mouth. Because Smash right. Mouth has gone just full, like, Disney, DreamWorks, Shrek soundtrack, like, and just has a more dislikable vibe to them now, I guess. I don't know. They don't feel like they're, they hold up artistically. Where cake, like listening to this, it feels like this is this still holds up really nicely. The problem I have, I'm trying to, one is I only, I'm trying to think how many Smash Mouth songs I know. Um, All Star. Obviously All Star, Walking on the Sun, Why Can't We Be Friends. Hmm. Was there, an, there was another one. It's a bunch of covers, but there's covers on this album. There are three covers on this album. Can you name them? Um, I... Pop quiz. One, I I can't really do it because I just saw the only one that I actually knew was a cover was "I Will Survive." "I Will Survive" is an um, obvious cover. I did not know that. Um, I didn't know what the, that the other ones were. Perhaps is a cover. 
Yeah, and Sad Songs and Waltzes yes. is a cover. Well, Sad Song and Waltzes is a Willie Nelson cover. I forget who did, perhaps. Shoot. Is it a lady? Um, but it's fun to listen to the original version. Yeah, there's a bunch of versions. Yeah, yeah. But the original uh, version is fun is what I'm saying. What but I, I didn't even – I don't think I realized at the time when this came out that those other two songs oh, were covers. Then the Morning Comes was the song after All-Star. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a believer. The reason is because Smash Mouth has this like smarmy – Smash Mouth is less good-looking Sugar Ray. Ah, that's the that's the and, that's the Venn diagram. You've got Cake over here, you've got Sugar Ray over here, and then Smash Mouth like is in the middle, but is touching too much Sugar Ray. Yeah, and I think Sugar Ray, you're like, well, you know, like at the end of the day, at least Mark McGrath is easy on the eyes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone in Smash Mouth has that going I on. I don't know what anybody <laughs> in Cake even looks like, and also like there's. They just look like a bunch of guys. I would say, like, Smash Mouth is quirky. Like, when they go quirky with the song, like, Walking on the Sun, it's, like, smarmy quirk. And you're just kind of, like, it's it's Diet Pepsi quirk. Okay. It's saccharine sweet quirk. And you're just, like, ugh. Yeah. Um, Whereas Cake is, I'd say, like, like, I would almost say, like, Cake is... Cake is a meal, man. Cake is cake is 90s alternative me without you. Okay. Like it's this guy <laughs> who's like yelling into a microphone and you're like, I don't know what he's talking about, but I'm going to take this very seriously. Right, right. And then you like look at it and you're like, wait, is the distance go is the distance a song about jacking it? It might be a song about jacking it, but I'm so in, like I'm th- so enraptured by the storytelling. Like the the Smash Mouth songs I've left li- listed off. There's no story. Right, right. There's no like the distance is an epic. I'm also like a lot of the distance a lot is of cake the, songs. The distance is the Iliad. <laughs> cake is Homer. And also like songs like Frank Sinatra and a few other songs that are kind of Beckish in their writing where it's like, yeah. oh, this could mean a lot of things. There's a lot of just kind of like free association going on here, which is very popular in songs in the nineties, but they're still like they're earworms and yeah. there's like compelling ideas and visuals floating throughout them. Like Frank Sinatra is wild when you sit there and think about Frank the Sinatra is a really weird song and you want to sing along to all of it. And every single cake song is just littered with really fun instrumental work yeah it's like, also a litter with a with a lot of really fun yeah okay go all go, right all right <laughs> like none of us can make oh. fun. what was what was the rapper that would always do that Fa- flavor flav well not favor flav oh no no um little john little john we can't make fun of little john and love cake at the same time because yeah. there's a lot yeah, of that, yeah. there's a lot of that going on but the guitar work this, this oh yeah and grant, grant i'm assuming it's grant at big ear pedals unless it's karen at bigger pedals you know there, you got vibra slap all over yeah lots of sound effects i saw cake live um and they they, they have a whole chest of toys that they bring oh, yeah? out to make sound effects throughout their songs yeah. electric saw and stuff like that like there's a lot of fun yeah. stuff going on I, a lot I, of really fun instrumentation so man i i think that's the difference to me that's the difference between i wouldn't even put cake and smash mouth in the same category i mean that's right just, but like i understand s- why you i understand why you are 
Like you go back to 1997 or sure. whenever it was, you could imagine Cake, Smash Mouth, Sugar Ray, and Lit being all, 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 on, this, all on the same you know shelf at uh, at Warehouse Music yeah. or Sam Goody or whatever. Like, oh, here's the songs from the radio that are all this upbeat, upbeat, like not grunge anymore alternative. You know, yeah. so the songs of the summer shelf. <laughs> At your local right. Tower Records. Right. Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, uh, have you ever listened to any of the other Cake albums? I have, but it, you know, it's, again, it's like I don't know what the context that mm. I've listened to them in is. Never there. I know never there as a single mm-hmm. um, off prolonging the magic. I I know the other singles from you. I don't know them from sure. From that, and then Comfort Eagle, I think, was the one. Yeah, short skirt, long jacket. If I pick, that's the only one I know off of that that one. If I had to put together a Cake Best of album, mm-hmm. that would be a really hard task for me to pick like 12, 13 songs mm-hmm. that are my favorite because there's probably like 40, 50 songs that I would want, right. like that I'd want to be like, yeah, I this this has to be in my Cake collection, you know. Um, I'm trying to. Think. I'm, I, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I think um, I think short skirt long jacket might have been no no phone is the last single that I yeah. really knew. You know who loves short skirt long jacket? Who my dad? Oh, <laughs> back in the day, uh, I was borrowing his car a lot, and I would leave the radio on to the alternative stations, mm-hmm. and I heard him walking around the house, starting to like sing that song to himself, like ah, dad's got an earworm. <laughs> There's, I mean, there even like that song. Like, there's so much going on that, like, mm-hmm. said, like the gang vocals are is a thing that Cake does a lot. Is uh, that's really cool, or it's just like really different. That like it makes it. I feel like it makes them hard to like dislike. Here's the thing: Cake is fountains of Wayne that never uh, mm. disservice themselves with the Stacy's mom. Mm. They never had the Stacy's mom moment. Yeah. And I they've just been consistent forever. I'm sure that, you know, some people could argue that they don't have the commercial success of a lot of other bands. Sure. But damn, damn, I respect them. Yeah. And I just love their music so much. I mean, Prolonging the Magic went platinum. Did it? Nice. Yeah. Fashion Nugget went platinum. Mm-hmm. I've never put out a platinum album. Nope. That should just be the... I've never even been close. I don't like to judge know, whether or not some like a band is valid based on their sales because there's, there's all sorts of bands that I think are crap that have had amazing sales. You know, like, who cares? What the hell? I mean, I'm Did sure they released this on an off weekend. Showroom of Compassion was a number one album. Whoa! Oh, because I think it was a number one. It was an independent release, so I think it was ah, on a different chart. Yeah, I really like their cover of War Pigs. Have you ever heard that? I don't think so, but now I think I need to. Yeah, you need to. <laughs> I'd put it up there right next to the Cranberries cover of Iron Man as... The Cardigans. The Cardigans cover the of Car- Iron Man. <laughs> Za- Iron Man, Iron Man, Iron Man, man. <laughs> no, the Cardigans cover of Iron Man yeah. right next to uh, Cake's cover of war pigs. war pigs and you've got yourself a best of covers of oh, black sabbath album cooking you got yourself a stew cooking got yourself a stew <laughs> 
So yeah, thanks for uh, picking this album, Steve, so I could listen to it yet again and enjoy yeah. an album today versus listening to today. Rush or something. Oh awful. my gosh. <laughs> well, originally, like, I don't want, whatever. Here's my question for you, Steve. Yeah. Uh, 2021 is almost upon us. Yeah. The album reviews have been a 2020 thing. It was a theme that we picked. Are we going to continue into the new year or are we going to be like, hey, we're done with albums? I mean, we still got a lot of albums on the list that we haven't done. There are albums that I have not picked just because I already know you hate them. <laughs> well, I mean, like, uh, we don't have to decide today, but maybe we'll decide first episode of the new year. Like, uh, what we're gonna take, do. taking back Sunday's Tell All Your Friends is on there. I know you're going to hate that one. There's a lot of al- I'm just saying there's a lot of albums. I don't think we've covered everyone in the inner circle who submitted an album. No, no. I didn't think that was the goal to do every single no, one. No, but I, I'm just saying I don't know. I like I listen to a lot of music, so it's uh it's a thing I do. Big brag over here. I listen to a lot, I of, listen music. To a lot of music. I listen to a lot of music. No big deal. Yeah. You wouldn't understand. I listen to a lot of music. We haven't so. even we haven't even have we even reviewed one album that came out this year? I don't know. <laughs> Pick one. Pick one that I, came out this I year. I thought about instead of doing cake, having you listen to. Um, Here's what we do: first week of the year, we we cover the first album of the year, first album of 2021. Oh, I know what the first album of 2021. What do the dates look like? <sighs> I, this is I, a good idea, Steve. I was th- for this week instead of doing cake, I was going to have you listen to. Uh, okay, so we'd, we'd be recording back, it, taking back or not uh, the new Taylor Swift album. We won't be able to do it for the first episode of the year, but maybe the second or third. Okay, I think we should yeah, do that in the new year. The we should re- we should cover the first album of the year, the first like like pop album of the year or whatever is popular. just whatever the first big, the first charting. The first, we'll look at the billboard for that week and see what's new in like the top 20. Right. Right. And then we'll do that. And then we'll decide if we want to do any more albums for the year or if we'll quit forever and never do album reviews ever again. I like the album reviews. <laughs> I like them too. It's fun. Maybe we'll just make them more sporadic. I think people. Or maybe we'll double up and we'll do nothing but we'll album reviews. We'll only do album reviews. I don't think people want that. No one wants that. Nobody wants it. <laughs> Uh, speaking of album reviews, uh, if you want to jump into our inner circle group mm-hmm. on Facebook and submit us, and uh, there is a pinned thread for album suggestions. Yeah, we also have a inner circle area on our Discord. If you want to get yeah. on Discord and you know join the gossip circle over there, uh, we uh, yes, we do this through Patreon. Patreon yeah. supports. Uh, <laughs> Patreon boost album choices, $8,000 super sponsor spot still available, says Pooh Ninja. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can jump on, on if you want to support the show in any kind of way, uh, you can jump on to patreon.com slash 60 cycle humcast. Support the show uh, for as little as $1. Or as much as the entire. Are we, dude, this is, we already did this. Value of. Okay, I won't do it. Steve's already frustrated. I don't want to frustrate the mar- The entire galactic, the GDP, the galactic domestic product. <laughs> Steve the is still- GGG, the gross galactic product. Steve is still angry from last week. That was two weeks ago, and he's still angry from it. It's because I listened to this. I listened to last week's episode in order to do the liner notes. The, <laughs> 
And I hit that part. And I was like, oh, yeah, this. And all I was right. reading all the comments from when, when you premiered it. All right. All right. Last ad. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, okay. Okay. We still got to thank who's in the chat tonight. Jason Welch mm. uh, for supporting us at the $10 level, oh, which is the inner you, circle Jason. level. Uh, Jason, I don't think you're actually in the inner circle group yet. So hit one of us up on Facebook with a friend request and we'll, we'll drop you in if you want to. Yeah. If you want. You don't, you don't have, have to. to. But you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun. There's fun people over there. Come yeah. hang out with us. That's all I'm saying. 2020. These are, are these the last two? These are the last two episodes of yeah, 2020. We're recording the we final episode. We will stream episodes. one more time this year, actually. We'll stream one more time. Will we? Okay, we will. Yeah, because today's the 17th. All right. All right, last ad. Last ad. Sent to us by Elijah Snyder. Oh, this thing. Custom made, custom made base, which was originally a Matsumoku or other Japanese brand base, 34 inch scale. Original label was Cameo. Why wouldn't you just say it's a Cameo? I know, right? Uh, it's. It originally looked like a P-Base copy and had Maxon Electronics. It was trashed when I obtained it and has since done a lot of work. Body was reshaped and refinished as well as the headstock, uh, neck, and pickguard. Pickguard was hand-stenciled. Um, tuners are from Squire. Tuners are from Squire Base. Neck pickup is an all-parts EB bridge pickup. Uh, bridge pickup is an all-parts Vox base Oh, this pickup. has a bridge pickup? Yeah, so the oh neck pickup is an EB bridge pickup. Oh, it's underneath bridge that pickup guard. Is a Vox base pickup. One volume Mastertown three way. Blah blah blah. Those aren't really plate. neck and bridge. Those are middle and middle. Middle and well, you know, middle and less uh, this middle. This was my first refresh, so definitely not great. There's a little, but there's little to no buzz. Truss rod was maxed and loose when I got it. Slowly straightened the neck before refret and now has slight relief. Has room to be tightened. Neck was also shimmed to lower the action due to body shape. There's a fair amount of neck dive. But is easily countered with a suede strap. Now to some flaws. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Tell us what's wrong with it because our eyes can't tell us. There are some glue stains in the finish around the nut. How can you tell? So, sticky nut. Okay. And uh, and at some spots along the refret area where I wanted to be absolutely sure the fret stayed in place. So, okay. What? Yeah. There are various finish flaws throughout from use. None of There's that matters. Small, small None gap. Of the- None of the finished flaws matter. <laughs> There's a small gap at the base of the pit guard, but it's hardly noticeable. The backside has a thin spot from the ugly routing job I did under the pit guard. It has been filled and fixed. Actually, it looks cool, like a tree knot. Anyway, it's not perfect, but it's unique. It plays great and sounds beefy. Works well with dirt. Priced accordingly at $160. <sighs> the, the most shocking thing about this is that it says that the listing sold. Someone bought Someone bought this. I mean, shipping's free. I hope they didn't pay 160 because this is a nightmare. There is just so much going on here. I will say that the details that I like, I kind of like the bird stencils on the pickguard. I kind of like that detail. I think it's charming. Um, then you you go out from there. I like I like the covered, you know, firebird style pickup. Um, you you. Go out from those two points, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. Right. Uh, the body reshape is—I don't even know what to say. Like, what is this shape? It's they, nothing. It's a blob. It's terror. Like the only reason to reshape it like this is because it's broken. I can't imagine it being broken in a way Excuse where me. you would end up doing this. It's a Jacobian bark, Ryan. And also, like one one of the reasons one of the reasons this stuck out to me 
is because it reminds me of how little I know about woodworking and wood refinishing. Uh-huh. Like every time I've ever tried to stain a piece of wood, it ends up looking like this. <laughs> Just this dirty, well, that's the dry, other- nasty. Like the neck and the head sock just looks like it was pulled yeah. out of a toilet. And that's one of the things that isn't mentioned in this ad. And I mean, I guess you just use your eyes and you see it. Is that this is a plywood body. Oh, very plywood. Oh, look at the strap button on the neck. Yeah. Yeah. It is on the neck heel. Not on the heel that holds the neck. It is on screwed the... into the neck. Yeah. That screw is probably poking into the truss rod. You're going to go up for those meatly meatlies and you're just going to break your thumb right off. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do any meatly meatlies on any base. Um, but, geez. Suit yourself. I cannot believe this thing sold at all. I would not pay money for this. No, it's. it's I wouldn't take this. No boy, no. From a family friend that's like, hey, I'm trying to get rid of my base. I'd look at it and be like, oh, you know, no. Throw it away. I don't want it. It just looks gross. Like it's it's beyond being cut into a funky shape because whatever. Like I'll yeah. play a funky shape. But just the finish of it, just the grit of it, it just makes me feel dirty. I'm I not can't, a fan. I can't. I think that this was ref, 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 I don't know why I can't talk. <laughs> I'm having so much trouble It's kind of mentioned that there's just these gaps. There's a gap here where the cover comes down. Yeah, everything. Uh, nothing looks like it fits together right. It's just all a little weird and all a little off. It completely fails at circling around to being charming. Like, no part yeah. of this is charming. The painted pit guard is gross. The finish on the mutilated plywood body is gross. The neck is gross. Like, so much of this is just gross. It's just gross. You know, someone bought this, and I don't want to meet that person because that person is probably gross. <laughs> Jefferson Jefferson Lost, Lost Speaks says, must have hepatitis vaccine records. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Sassy Cat invokes um, Super Rich Steve here says, I would drive to the seller's house and burn it in his driveway. I'd say... Drive to the seller's house and burn down their house. <laughs> <laughs> like whoever did this, the guy tried to sidestep it. Like, oh, don't worry. Like, I didn't do the bad things to this. I just cut up the body and refinished yeah. it. And this, <laughs> uh, it was already in bad shape. So I went ahead and made it worse. It made it awful. Is this is a cursed object? All right, you want to tell us about the song? We yeah, can get out of here? this week's song was sent to us by Nate Leslie. Um, he says, "Hey guys, love the show. Just listen to last week's episode." Or you didn't have an ending song, so I'm finally getting off my ass and sending you a couple. So apparently there's two emails, but I only Steve, real quick, one. Dragon Guitar or that bass? Oh, Dragon Guitar, Dragon Guitar, all day long. Uh, this song is called "Push the Sugar." It's the opening track to my 2019 solo album titled "Years We Lost." I played my Gibson LP Deluxe Gold Top through a matchless Clubman. The main drive was a Caroline Guitar Co. Wave Cannon Mark II. And the atmospheric leads have the original chase are the uh, yeah have the original chase plus audio warped vinyl, making them a little wet. Everything was tracked in my basement home studio. I was going for a Husker Du, punk rock shoegaze kind of vibe, and it came out exactly how I hoped. If anyone enjoys the track, they can get it at natelesley.bandcamp.com. Cool. Uh, I was pretty stoked actually to get this in. Oh, there is the second submission. Um, 
because I was like, this now name sounds familiar, and I went to Bandcamp. I downloaded a Nate Leslie album from Noise Trade like ten years ago. Whoa! And uh, there's a Nate Leslie album called. Um, you made a connection there. Uh, Whose fault the grammar? I think is what it was called. Um, and so this is kind of like a fun little like oh I listen I listened to you years ago and now yeah you're listening to me and that's that's really cool and you're listening weird. to each other yeah yeah so if you're on the audio and enjoy the song and if you're in YouTube yeah sucks I, for you you don't get to hear it right now because it sounds yeah. it sounds awful when we play songs over the YouTube stream <laughs> all right bye everyone stay grounded see ya. Yeah.